0: I want to hear your voice today. I want to hear your voice. It's a simple, short prayer. I want to hear your voice today. I want to see your glory like never before. I've not come to listen to a speech. I know the places where they give nice speeches. I've not come to a show. I know the entertainment places where I can experience a nice show. I've come to your presence. There has to be something about your presence that's different from every other thing out there change us by your truth let light dawn like never before for in jesus name we are prayed in jesus name we are prayed glory to god all right the word of the lord to us in the month of november as we begin a brand new series for sundays is the force of righteousness or as we've appropriately tagged it the righteous force somebody say the righteous force And we're going to lay the bricks today and I can tell you, based on what the Lord has shown me, this is going to be liberating for all of us. Some of you will get home after today's service, you will look for the link for today's service on YouTube and you will send to everybody you know that you must make our time to receive this word. And I pray that as you brood over the word over and over again, light will dawn on your path. In the name of Jesus our anchor scripture on this conversation is Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 begins with therefore. But because we are good Bible students, we can't start a scripture with therefore and assume that we know what it is talking about. Hello? 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 If someone was standing at the door entrance into the sanctuary and said, Oh, you can can come in. Welcome to church. What do you do? You come in, right? Welcome to church. If someone stands at the door and says, Therefore, you can come in. What will you do first? you you pause and say, Therefore what? (laughs) What is going on there? What is therefore? All right, so Romans 5 begins with a therefore. And I want us to pick it from Romans chapter 4 and verse 20 so that we can see therefore. All right. Am I still in church this morning? So Romans chapter 4 from verse 20 in the Passion Translation says he never stopped believing God's promise. He's talking about Abraham. He never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith, a father. He was made strong in his faith to father a child. It says, and because he was mighty in faith. And convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises. Abraham glorified God. Is that in your Bible? Verse 22 says, so now. You can see why Abraham's faith was credited. Somebody say credited. Credited. Somebody say credited. credited. It says that faith was credited. Just like currency. Faith was, Abraham received an account transfer. Sender was God receiver was abraham he had an account where a deposit could be made and that deposit was faith he says he was credited to his account now when that transfer happened what abraham saw in his account was righteousness somebody say righteousness. righteousness all right it will become clearer shortly before god verse 23 it says and this declaration was not just spoken over abraham that means when god did that transfer god wasn't doing that transfer for one man God didn't do that transfer to Abraham for Abraham alone. I remember growing up and we would have guests in the house and um, let me just say this. I know it's, it's, it's becoming extinct. But you know, back in the days when uncles and aunties visit, it was normal that when they are going, you know something would drop. Hello, hello. How many people remember those days? But you know these days like, oh, I'm going by and it's just like, bye, like bye, bye like that. All right, but back in the days, you know, it's not like you're even expecting it. Oh, come, Dio, come. Ah, ah. Such a you're, you're becoming a young man. I'm smiling. I know what's on the way. Say, glory to God. <laughs> and then they will just give you something. And, and the moment they give it to you, mommy and daddy will just show up. Bring it. Say, so let me keep it for you. Let me keep it for you. sounds like a, a savings account, right? Except that that account doesn't exist. Did they want to withdraw? Have you been eating in this house? How about the clothes you are wearing? So you've been making secret withdrawals, all right, from this account. But the point is, if I didn't put that money there, I will see it in this house. I am I, hello. But the Bible tells us that God did a transfer to Abraham, but not just for Abraham. It says, but also over us. It says, for when we believe and embrace the one who brought our Lord Jesus back to life. It says, perfect righteousness. Boy. So, he's saying that what Abraham received was righteousness. It says, as it goes across generations, there will be a generation where the blood that seals this covenant will finally be shed. And he says that to everyone that can believe that God raised Jesus back from the dead, he says every one of those descendants can also receive that credit in their account. He says they will be credited as well. Somebody say as well. So he says in verse 25, Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins and was raised back to life. That he had made us right with God. Somebody say, right with God. So now we can say, therefore. Therefore. Come on, say like you believe it. Therefore. 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 Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore. Therefore. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Based on this credit transfer that took place many generations ago, it says that I can stand before God justified. And I have peace with God. Mm. Can we see it in the Passion? The same Romans chapter 5 verse 1. It says our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And he now declares us flawless. He now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy the true and lasting peace with God. All because of what Jesus, our Lord, the Anointed One, has done for us. There's a story I believe I've shared here before about a a luxury experience that was designed for the highest of the highest class of society. It was a cruise, luxury, luxury cruise experience, um, and you know, on cruise, on those cruises, you don't have DJs playing. That that's not a luxury experience. You have a nice live jazz band, all right. Not even you have the, with the full everything, all right. Hello, Hi. hello. So you can see that your musical taste also speaks of your class. <laughs> Conversation for another day, all right. And so there was this young man who had no business being on such a cruise. In fact, everybody going in, they were suited in their black tux, all right? Nice shirts, their bow ties with their designer luggages, you know, just going in. And by some reason, this guy had participated in a competition where he won a free ticket to board the same experience. So he had his free ticket the other people were going in their suits and their shirts and their ties. He just went with his shirt and with his shorts and whatever he had on his feet and a few things and just went in. He immediately knew that I don't belong here. There is no one here that looks like me. There is no one here that is dressed like me. These people, by all means, they, are, they, they can buy me over a million times. The only issue is that someone had given me a ticket that gives me access just the way they have access. So he gets into the ship and everything around him speaks luxury. The rooms, luxury. The dining hall, luxury. The ballroom, luxury. The mini bar, luxury. The music, luxury. Everything, luxury. And then you wake up in the morning, see the real people, the real, somebody say the real people. They'll go for their buffet. Can I have this? Can I have this? A little bit of that? Can I have that? Just a little. Yeah, thank you. And they'll go. And they're just having nice, you know rich men conversations? The kind of conversations we have yeah. glory to God yeah. I, I you know we're just having the, the nice conversations that what do you think about the the quantitative easing measures that we are discussing for Q4 you know this guy's just looking nobody's talking about uh, Arsenal and Liverpool in this place <laughs> I love where am I hello you notice I didn't put a club there because rich people talk about that one glory to God and they were just having the conversation and he will wait for everybody to clear for their recess and they will go to the kitchen And say, "Uh, I'm I'm hungry, please. Say, what do you want? And he's just looking around. He doesn't want to shame himself. So he says, can I have a little bit of, 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 just give me a little of that, a little of that. Takes it quickly and he runs to a corner, eats his food. and like, "Ah, Thank God there's even something to eat. He did this all the days of the cruise until it was the last day of the cruise. This guy had been doing unplanned fasting eating after everybody had gone. If nobody, if someone just decided to stay a bit longer, it meant his fasting was going to fast a bit longer. So on the last day, he just went to the master chef. And he said, I've, I've been too hungry. I've been taking all, the, can I have some of those? And the chef looked at him and said, yes, you can. He said, can I have that also? The chef said, yes, you can. It was about to that. So the chef said, you can actually have anything here. He looked at it. He said, anything? He said, "Yes." He said, are you sure I can have anything? He said, you can have anything. Mm. So he paused. He said, but my own ticket is not like the ticket of others. The master chef said, yes, I can see you are not dressed like the others, but can I take a look at your ticket? He brought his ticket. The chef saw one of the gentlemen in the, in the ballroom going around, and said, excuse me, sir. Um, do you mind if I take a look at your ticket? Say, oh, oh, no, no, I just need to explain something. brought his ticket. He gave the two tickets to the young man. He said, there is absolutely no difference between your ticket and this man's ticket. In fact, where have you been sleeping? He said, I've been staying in this corner in the ballroom. He said, well, your ticket granted you access to one of the rooms in the penthouse. You had all access to the rooms. You had all access to the services. You had all access to everything on display here. And he said, you must be kidding me, right? He said, I'm not kidding you. He said, can you show me one of the rooms? Took him to the room. He said, you are saying I can stay here legally? He said, it's been paid for. The ticket has paid for it. Hmm. And I pray for you that it will not be too late before you realize what the blood of Jesus has paid for. In the mighty name of Jesus, that you will not be quartered to go when you discover the riches of righteousness and the lies that we've bought for so many generations, that God is not pleased yet, that God wants one more sacrifice, God wants one more good behavior, God wants more perfection and we're saying that God has tried the route of perfection, he has seen that nobody can perfectly please me, there is only one person that can perfectly do that and that one person has done that already. Every other person that we are lying after what he has done, he says I can do a credit transfer and I can debit them with perfect righteousness. Somebody say glory to God. Glory mm. to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> mm. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6. So it tells us that this mystery called righteousness, it can be transferred. That means it is first an entity. Before it is an action. Somebody will need to write that down. Righteousness is first in nature. Before it is an action. I'm going to explain that shortly. It means that before you can legitimately spend from this account, there should be a credit in the account. If you are spending on an empty account, it is negative. Hmm. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6. It says, we all are infected. I picked this version particularly. This is a New Living Translation. It says, we all are infected and impure with sin. It says, when we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. It says, like autumn leaves, we wither and fall. It says, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Now, this is a scripture that many Christians today love. They stand before God when they are praying. And they say, God, I've just come to you. Just pity me. Just pity me. My righteousness is like filthy rags. Just pity me. And God is saying that the only righteousness that is like filthy rags is righteousness. That that, that account does not have the credit in the order of Abraham. Okay. 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 Let's let's rewind a bit. Let's rewind a bit. What God is saying here is that the spending from that account is called acts. The balance in that account is called nature. Are you still with me? If you attempt to do acts without the nature, you are producing filthy rags. If you have received the balance, then you have an account you can spend from and produce acts. So what God says is that my definition of righteousness, my definition of being pleased is that I can look at you and see the credit transfer I made to Abraham. If I see it in you through Christ, then you are righteous. It means you are justified. It means you have peace with God. It means you can come boldly before his presence. It means you can come and feel no shame. It means you can come and feel no sense of unworthiness. It means you can come and feel no condemnation. It means that you didn't join us to fast for seven days and you can still show up and know that God loves me not because I did the seven days fasting but because there is an account that was credited righteous. I hope someone can get it because if you continue to slave for what has been transferred, you'll be producing works and it doesn't please God. But if you can stand there and say, based on what he has done, then I can. Can you see the difference? Based on the nature of righteousness I have received, then I can do. For if I try to do without first being, I am producing emptiness, I am producing filthy rags, I am producing works. And many of us have grown up with that understanding that religion has drained into us. That God is chasing after you with some whip and with some cane and he's checking what time you woke up yesterday. He's checking if you prayed this morning. He's checking if you did your devotion. He's checking if you thought a funny thought. And the hypocrisy is so glaring that God doesn't just hear what we say. He knows our thoughts. So has it not dawned on you that it must be pretty frustrating to the one who can hear the thoughts of billions of people? He knows the ones who really rate him. And he says, rather than playing this game of limbo, I will, just, I will give you my righteousness. Somebody say glory to, glory to God. So in today's world, we've mixed righteousness with morality. Morality is performance-based. Morality many times is hypocritical. Morality many times is time-sensitive. Morality many times is culture-based. In one culture, this is considered moral. In another culture, this is considered immoral. And our our God doesn't play cultures. So definitely can't be in the business of morality. I wrote here in my notes, morality is a time-sensitive, culture-based, uncalibrated compass. That means it will lead us wherever we all agree we want it to lead us. Not the true north. And any navigator who is sailing, any pilot who is flying, anyone who is going anywhere worth going to knows that you need direction. You need a compass. You can't just say this compass just, it just, it just goes anywhere. That's morality. Somebody say glory to, glory to God. I remember a story that some of our colleagues shared with us when I was on campus in medical school. The fellowship I was was a, a version of the Scripture union, popularly called SU. Hello. Hello. So you know what our, our inclination was. All right. Hello. Do you know? Do you need me to explain? Explain. Says the one who went to the fly fellowship. Glory to God. Their own fellowship, they were already they were doing stuffs. Let's just put it that way. Glory to God. So we had some sisters from the fellowship many generations before us. We had heard of believers' camp meeting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That we can see the word of faith doing amazing things. People using their faith to see healings and miracles. So these sisters from the College of Medicine. I'm I'm trying to say the location. That's the name and I'm a proud alum. Glory to God. Idi Araba. Idi Araba. Idi Araba. Amen. So these sisters... Had gone for this conference and the first shock they had was a culture shock. You mean we can do praise and worship and heads are not covered? That was the first shock. Shock two. They said they saw the sisters wearing things that were above the knee and they didn't know that the Holy Spirit could stay there. You mean the Holy Spirit has, has thrown his tape away? It doesn't measure anymore? So they came back (laughs) to the village and they told the people, they said, we've gotten it all wrong. We've gotten it all wrong. Now, the truth is that what they saw was culture. That was not necessarily righteousness. And what they were practicing without understanding what we are talking about today could have been bondage. There's nothing wrong with wearing it all the way down and with covering your hair but if you've not settled in your heart that there's a credit in your account everything you are doing afterwards is zero no matter how long or short it is am i talking to god's children this morning that god is first pleased by what he sees that christ has done before any other thing you will do or you will say or you will perform so righteousness has been and remains God's standard. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19. He says, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. God doesn't do morality. He doesn't do changing cultures. And if you pay attention to the world around us, what we call morality is being blunted by the minute. They are easing us into, into, into depravity. Such that you switch on, if you switched on your TV 10 years ago, and you are seeing some of the things you are seeing today, something, something in you will have triggered. But we are, we are being eased into it. A little more carelessness. A little more exposure. A little more nudity. A little more carelessness. Let's normalize swear words. Why can't we use them? Why are we even bleeping them out? We don't need to bleep them out. Why are these cartoons just showing daddy and mommy? Why can't the kids see that they can be mommy and mommy and daddy and daddy? Let's, let's begin to rewrite and you can rewrite morality, you cannot rewrite righteousness. That is why God has not called us to join that, 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 that train of morality. He has called us to join the band, the force of the righteous. That as many we will line up in accordance with Abraham, by the perfect work that Christ has done, I will reckon you righteous. He says, righteousness has been and remains God's standard. Psalms chapter 36 and verse 6 tells us that just in case you are doubting the stability of what God calls righteousness, he says, your righteousness is unmovable. Your righteousness is unmovable, just like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are full of wisdom as the oceans are full of water. It says your tender care and kindness leave no one forgotten. Not a man or even a mouse. Such detail. Such detail. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. So what exactly is the matter with us? Why have we bought this condemnation that God needs me in a certain way for him to accept me? Why have we bought the lie that God needs performance for him to be at peace do you know do you really know what it means to say we have peace with god sometimes you just need to pause and read god's word as though it was written to us yeah, if if you tell the average Jew you have peace with god he's checking which of the 10 if he scans the 10 commandments which one have I broken or not broken then he goes to the next so, total of 613 laws 613 laws. So when he told the average Jew, you have peace with God. The only time they had that see, that slight assurance of maybe I have peace with God was shortly after what was called the day of atonement when the high priest had sprinkled the blood of goats for the entire congregation. Then they felt a little, even that it was not like I have peace with God. But he says to me and to you that we have peace with God. Can you allow it sinking? You have peace with God. Let it sink in. I don't want to gloss over this point. This is the foundation upon which our conversation is based. I have peace with God. God is not angry with me. God is not angry with me. I can, I, I can come before his presence. And I can accept that I am meant to be here. I don't know about you. Have you been in a room where you felt Unqualified? It's almost like imposter syndrome. Am I I really meant to be here? Will somebody fish me out and discover that this is not my rightful place? And the Bible is telling me to tell you. Your father is telling me to remind you. He said he's pleased with you. Can you just allow it sinking? That your father is pleased with you. He says you have peace with me. As long as I can find you in Christ Jesus, it's not filled the rags. Don't, don't come forming all sanctimonious before him. He's a holy God. His eyes can't behold iniquity. Don't, don't come and start playing. He says, just line up in Christ. If I see Christ, I have seen perfection. So why do we want to enslave ourselves? Because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel good. Such that after a seven day fast, when you are praying, you are looking up as if, God, I'm yet to warn you. The past seven days, <laughs> are you joking? You don't know what I left. I'm warning you, God. I'm warning you. And Jesus said, The publican came, and another one came. One said, I paid my tithes, I've given everything. And another said, God, see, look here. The worst of the worst of is me. But I know you are merciful. I know you are kind. I know you are full of compassion. And Jesus says, Who do you think we will live justified? Somebody say, I have peace with God. See, the day you discover this, you discover that God is not playing hide and seek with you. It changes the way you pray. You can go to sleep. Remember when we were young, we watched scary movies. Scary Christian movies. Horror Christian movies. About real fire. So those things planted fear in us. That this God, we don't even know his mood. So unstable emotionally. What will his mood look like the day the trumpet sounds? I will go to bed praying prayer. God, please forgive me. I was looking at that meat in the pot. I didn't touch it. <laughs> God, you know I didn't touch it. Jesus said you don't even have to do it. He's already adult. If he's that means looking at the meat. Jesus, I didn't even touch the meat, but I looked at it. Forgive me. If you come, please, please. I don't want to miss heaven. Please. And God says, please, Abraham. Abraham says, yes, Lord. He says, Abraham, come. He says, I don't understand. I don't understand. These are your children again. <laughs> Abraham said, God, they are your children. <laughs> Abraham said, God, why did you come? He said, please, I want you to check something. Can you open your, your phone? So Abraham brings out his phone, logs into his bank account. No free ads for banks. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Opens the bank account. And God checks. The righteousness we sent, is it still in the account? Abraham Abraham said, he's there. He said, please call Jesus. (laughs) Jesus came. He said, this account, once upon a time, you became the word, you became flesh, you dwelt among them. They flogged you, they nailed you, the king of glory. You took all of it, you died on the cross, you rose again, and you gave them perfect righteousness. God said, I don't understand what they are talking about. What do you mean that, that that please please keep me? Please wake me up before the trumpet. What are they praying about? He says, What are they what are they talking about? God said, I don't, I don't get it. It's either you've received my righteousness or you've not received it. Don't come feeling bold because you just fasted and come feeling condemned because you didn't fast. Don't come feeling bold because you're strict on you, version that's 54. And the day it breaks, you're like, Boy, can we call up apple apple? Fix it, my streak. Angel Gabriel, some of us believe we'll get to heaven. Jacob say, open your phone. Open U version. I said, open U version. <laughs> open it now. I hand is shaking. Say Angel Gabriel, I don't know the pin. <laughs> <laughs> says Michael, Michael. And Michael shows up. Ta-da. Phone is open. They show us your U version trick. See, you see, you see that day? That day. You missed it. He missed it. In fact, you now call the next person. Say that person missed it too. You missed it, and you checked. You checked the box. You thought we will not know. <laughs> you thought we will not know. You now call the other angels. <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> it, why did he check it? Gabriel now say, you shouldn't have checked it. You should have, <laughs> you should have just left it. So what shall we do now? Say, so let's check the mood of God. How is the Father feeling? the Father now shows up. Can, can you see how ridiculous it sounds that the one who has credited full accounts to you? Now let me tell you, someone is saying this thing you are preaching, it, it, it means that we are just free like that. Come next week Sunday. All right, we'll talk about free like that. Next week Sunday, we'll talk about it. But today, settle it that he has given you a full account balance and is credited full righteousness to you. I am not trying to please God. God is already pleased with me. Therefore, I am free to worship. I can come boldly by the blood. I can enter his presence confidently. Everybody in the world may have a problem with me, but my father accepts me. He accepts me. That's the place I find true love. That's the place I experience no rejection. I can go into his arms and I can cry there. I can say I failed you and you still love me. Can't you see my thoughts? Can't you see how dark they are? All these people think I'm that great. If nobody knows the real me, you know me. And you still love me. You still answer when I call. That's the prayer of the righteous. I've come here by your blood. I've come here by your sacrifice. Thank you because you are pleased with me. I'm no longer trying to please you. You are pleased already. Therefore, being pleased with me, I can now do works that will please you. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. All right, as we begin to wrap up this morning, we want to enter into the crux of it now. The Apostle Paul was writing to a group of believers who, this message we heard now, is what Paul preached to them. You have received righteousness, you have received justification by faith in Christ Jesus, not by works. And they believed. They are like, oh amazing, we are saved. Glory to God. It is by righteousness. It is by faith in Christ Jesus. Not by works, not by circumcision, not by the shadow, not by preserving the Sabbath, not by following the 613 laws meticulously. God has given us that liberty in Christ Jesus. For if ye be Abraham's seed, then are you. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. So amazing, they heard the message. We are Righteous. Someone just put your hand on your chest and say, I am the righteousness of God. See, the more you say this, the more the devil will whisper. You, righteous. See the hand you have even placing on your chest. Sinful hand. Tell him that is what they wear. That is not what they are. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul preached to this church. They heard this same message. Suddenly, some people came to them and said, how can you believe that? You mean you really believe that? That God is pleased with you? (laughs) Don't let Paul lie to you. God is not pleased. You have to to solidify what Jesus has done by being strong. And they use a lot of nice words. Let's just go there. Let's go there. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. I know many of you knew this is where I was going to. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. The matter in, in chapter 1, Paul was being nice. Chapter 2, it was being nicer. By chapter 3, he couldn't hold it again. Can you see what is on the screen? He couldn't hold it again. He's like, guys, what happened? How do you think that you can reinvent or improve on what Jesus has done? He's giving you righteousness. Can you just believe that what he did is good enough? It says, What has bewitched you? You know, I, I never could get beyond that concept. It says that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. you see, we will not go there. It's tempting to go there. But let's stay on. What has bewitched you? What has lied to you? What has put you under a spell? Or as we will say in the medical world, What has happened to your consciousness? There is something called a sin consciousness. And there is something called a righteousness consciousness. The sin conscious person sounds holy. The righteousness conscious person is holy. The sin conscious person sounds nice. The righteousness conscious... Conscious person pleases God. The sin-conscious person plays a performance game. And boy, it is a roller coaster. I am telling you, if you choose to go that route, you'll be up today, you'll be down tomorrow, and the devil will make a big mess of you, and you yourself will say, oh, devil, I deserve this. And there's a righteous one that says that even what I deserved, he has paid for. I refuse to accept this. Are you getting the difference? That the devil shows up and says they are guilty, they are guilty, they are guilty. And you have an advocate who shows up and says, yes, they are guilty. But now there is something called substitution. I've shed my blood for them. The guilt and the judgment that they deserved, I'm going to step in and take it. That the freedom I have, they can now be free. Let me tell you, a righteousness conscious person can never be caved in to accept the lie of the devil. That they deserve anything short of what redemption has made available. Don't tell me I deserve it. I don't deserve it. Don't tell me I deserve it. Oh, but you did this 25 years ago. Yes. But you know what he has done for me 2,000 years ago? You see that I came late. Before I was born, he settled this and said there is an account with your name on it. You have a decision to make. Hear me? You have a decision to make. Galatians chapter 3, let's read very quickly verse 6 to 11 and I will show you how we deal with consciousness as far as human life is concerned and the lessons we can learn for our spiritual life. Are you still in church this morning? Are you still in church this morning? Galatians chapter 3 verse 6 to 11. It says, just as Abraham, can you see now that they needed to hear this thing again? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It says, therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Is that in your Bible? It says, and the scripture, foreseeing that God will justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you, all the nations shall be blessed. It says, so then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. It says, for as many as of the works of the law. Those are the sin conscious. It says they are under the what? Under the curse. Is that in your Bible? That's why the Bible says there's no peace for the wicked. They are journaling sin. Hmm. Pd called. Missed the call. God, are you okay with that? Why are you asking God? The voice of the liar comes and says, God didn't like that. As pride, you're falling. You falling. You you messed up. Big time. Big time. Say God, have mercy on me. Say, that's not loud enough. That's not loud. You can't just say once. God have mercy on you. You are even standing. Can't kneel. Say God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. Since your tight, your tight was okay. Let me speak prophetically now. Because we have billionaires in this church. We don't play. All right. So your your tithe was one hundred and two. $1,000, $1,000, one dollars 2000 You sent $100,000. And P.D. was even testifying, not knowing that it didn't it's complete. You know what happened to Ananias and Sapphira? You know what happened to them? Do you know that was in the Book of Acts, New Covenant? The Holy Spirit is about to strike you down. Say, father, I'll send the balance, I'll send the balance. I'll send the balance. He says they're under a course. It is constant torment, constant commentary. You did this, you didn't do this. It, it drains people out. Let me tell you, when you hear someone has been a Christian for so long, and when they came out and said they are not doing again, what they were doing was under the law. It is exhausting. And the earlier they come out, see, let me tell you, for your peace and for your sanity, if you are not, just come out and say you are not doing again, so that we can show you the real Jesus. That we don't add our blood to his blood. So that your blood can chill and you can find rest in him. It says, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things that are written in the book of the law. That word continue means, don't do one to ten and tell me you're going to leave eleven to six hundred and thirteen. If you want to go that route, go it fully. It says, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Somebody say with me, the just shall live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. Do you know what that faith day implies? It means that we will believe that what Jesus did is enough to please God. That's it. Anything outside that is extracurricular slavery, extracurricular wickedness, and there is no peace for you. Glory to God. I said, Glory to God. So, how do we measure consciousness? How do we measure consciousness of human life? In medicine, they trained us to use a scale. This scale is very important. If they can help me put it on the screen. This scale is very important, especially in an emergency room. If you have an emergency and they tell you, Oh, we have two patients. This patient has a GCS of four and this patient has a GCS of ten. If you were running, even if the one with ten came first, you know that the one with four needs more urgent Attention. So that's what we use it for in the medical community. Is it on your screen? Is it on your screen? All right, can you see it? At the end of today, I'll give you honorary medical degrees. (laughs) And I'll remind you in part four of this series. Because, okay, let me not jump the gun. All right, I don't know where to run to in a way to use this image. I, I needed to use one that adds the, the, the credits because we didn't make this. This is not our design, all right? But when someone is unconscious, there are three things you are checking for. You are checking for their ability to open their eyes. You are checking for the ability to make verbal communication. And you are checking for the ability to move. It means that an unconscious person is somebody who has their eyes closed. They have no the ability to speak and they have no movement. Someone is looking at this and saying, did these guys know what they were scoring? Because you can read God's word and you know what it means for eyes to be closed spiritually. You know what it means for you to have no verbal response. Your mouth is just shut there. You are not confessing. See, this is un- this is spiritual unconsciousness. And you can't move, you can't move. You can't get up. You can't get up. There's something knocking on your door and you're waiting for a service. You can't get up. You can't get up and stand on on who you are in Christ Jesus declared righteous. He says you're unconscious. He said, who put you under a spell? You were a mobile talking seeing force once upon a time. But someone has put you under an unconscious spell. Now your eyes are closed. Now you can't even speak. Now you can't even move. You know the beauty of this scale? There is a a range of unconscious to fully conscious. So that some people will find themselves in that spectrum of unconsciousness. Some, they will only open their mouth when there is pain. See, it says there is no verbal response. There is incomprehensible sounds, inappropriate words, confused. No response. Only when there is pain. I don't want to describe it here. It, it, It gives you some flashbacks. Of some patients that you tried the best for, there are many casualties in God's house. Many who were once conscious, but they've bought the lie. They've bought the lie, fully unconscious today. Many are walking corpses. They don't even know what they believe. They are not even sure whether God exists anymore. He says, "What happened to you? What happened to you?" And I pray for you that your spiritual eyes will remain open. That your mouth will continue speaking God's word. And your steps will be ordered by the Holy Ghost. That you will accept on the deepest level of your existence that what Jesus did for you is good enough. In the mighty name of Jesus. And hear me, hear me. If you cannot come to believe that what Jesus did for you is good enough, nothing else you can do will please God. That is now where we need to balance this. If you have an issue with what Jesus did, and you think being perfect, being holy, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't womanize, I am heterosexual, I am this, I am that, I am this is my political in- inclination, this is my social inclination, this is what I think about um, the issues in society, I am for God, I am anti this, I am pro this. It doesn't matter pro or anti what you are. If you cannot settle your, your righteousness in Christ Jesus... Whatever inclination you have, is doesn't count towards pleasing God. That's because we have the political consciousness movement that has invaded the church. That God is pleased with you if you belong to a particular party. God is pleased with you if you are against abortion. God is pleased with you if you hate homosexuals. God is pleased with you if you... You know, they, that's that's that is political righteousness, and and the people that will bring that card, God will just call Abraham, say Abraham, come bring the account. He will check. He say there is no credit there. They were spending works. They call it righteous cause. It was field cause, field cause. Somebody say glory to God. <laughs> Somebody say glory to God. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Do not help me turn to your neighbor say, don't lose your consciousness. Don't lose your consciousness. The next time we say lift up your hands and you are lifting up hands, don't allow the enemy to convince you to put it down. That How can you lift up? Feel the hands. Well, that is what they wear. These are holy hands now. Say, so Don't you know what these hands are doing? Well, these hands are working miracles now. These hands are raising the dead now, healing the sick now. That's what these hands are made for. He said, "Oh, I, I thought you, you you still did a few sticks yesterday." He said, "Yes, the, the, my hand is saying goodbye to its old nature and it's getting comfortable with the new nature. It still had some sticks yesterday, but guess what? God has declared me righteous. Eventually, I will pick up the sticks one day, and I have zero interest in it, zero interest. And I discover the victory. The victory is here. Not not stop 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 the sticks so that God can be pleased. No, God doesn't roll that way." It says, just believe that what Jesus did is enough, is enough. That you can throw your sticks. Can we be that church? That people are at the door. They have their weeds and their sticks in their hands. Oh, boy, am I still righteous? Am I still righteous? God, please. And they, and they can come in. I know that God is pleased with them. And eventually. You will light a million cigarettes and they feel nothing. All they feel is joy. But he loved me before I dropped my sticks. (laughs) He loved me before I won the victory over my addictions. He loved me when I didn't even know what love meant, when I didn't even love myself, when I was meaningless and valueless. Everybody had written me off. I don't know if you know what it means to be written off, I was worse than dirt. And he loved me, gave me meaning, and declared me righteous. He says, if there's one place you can come boldly, it is in my presence, by the blood of my son. This is critical to your consciousness. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14, in the NLT. He says, stand your ground. We will come to this in part four, I think it says put on the belt of truth one day we will have the opportunity to discuss the believer's armor but it says there's something called a body armor in the King James he calls it a breastplate of God's righteousness He's saying if you can't settle that God is pleased with you the arrows will get to your heart it will affect your consciousness you will come to pray you'll see sickness symptom in your body I am trying to say God's healing power flows through me, and that voice reminds you: uh, you lied, you stole, you cheated. Just leave this leave the sickness for now. Or someone else that has that full consciousness. It is true. I lied. I cheated. I stole. But the blood of Jesus has paid for it. I am coming, not to justify my. And there's a difference. We will break this down. But we are laying the bricks. If there's anything I want you to leave here with today, God is pleased with me. I can stand before him worthy. Can you imagine that? I am worthy to be here. No condemnation, no shame, no guilt. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse twenty-one. Society has learned to classify misdemeanors. The legal system has categories of criminal transgressions and their attendant repercussions. And I think that is right for any lawful society. But God has said, the way I will run my kingdom is that I will declare you righteous. I require your faith to believe that when I say I'm pleased, I am pleased. Do you know how painful unbelief is? Do you know how painful unbelief is? Have you had someone not believe you before? Have you had it? Have you have you had it happen to you before? I've had it many instances. One that sticks with me, I've shared it with us before. Many years ago in church, back home, you know, I think I was somewhere near the drums. I know after service, the way the kids and they will still do that today, you know, the moment we close. They would just rush out. Some will go to the piano. Some will go to the drums. They would just, you know, adults are just shouting, go away, go away, go I away. Mean, I don't do that, if you noticed, I allow them to play with it because that's how some of us learned to be able to play these instruments. But there are these children and there was a meeting in, in church. So it was quite loud and we just told the kids that please, can you leave there? After the meeting, you can come back. So they left. There was this particular boy who was insistent, I must stay there. He just wanted to eat the eat, eat, thing. Eat, 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 eat. Everybody was threatening this boy. He was just there. I, don't, I can't even remember. Maybe he's the drummer today. You know? It was just doing the, thing, doing the thing. I remember that I dropped something near the drums. Who was the closest to the drum? The same boy. The same naughty boy. In quotes. Naughty in quotes. Right? So I told him that, please... Can you help me pick up that note and bring it to me? And the boy smiled. He said he's a trap. He's a trap. You want me to go pick and come to you? Me, the other of you have been trying to chase away. You now want me to go there. And I said to him, I said, please, can you help me? I won't, I won't spank you. I won't discipline you. I know you just want to play the drums. After the meeting, you play your drums. You've been playing it anyways. It's not, you didn't even listen. He says, You want me to come to you? Is that what the boy told me? So it's not about your book, you want me to come to you. I really get the book. I said, Please, can you just get the book already and bring it to me? <laughs> he said, No, it's a trap. In that moment, I had the spirit of God say to me that when you feel you are deserving of punishment, can you see that it is difficult for you to believe that I say I won't punish? It just, it just sunk in, and I was it was so sure. <laughs> that I couldn't say, I was not, you, you, it's not about the book. So I had to get up myself and I went to get my book and I went back to my seat. I said, God, help me for the rest of my days to believe that what you did for me in Christ is enough. Is enough. Rise up on your feet. Rise up on your feet and just raise your hands to heaven. When the Bible says what God wants is thanksgiving, this is why. This is why. On a good day, I don't know how many bullocks, animals I should kill. So get God pleased for a year. But God now says he's pleased for a lifetime. He says that this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus, thanksgiving. Just give him thanks. He shed his blood for you. Give him thanks. He shed his blood for you. Give him thanks. He's pleased with you. He's pleased with you. He's pleased with you. An intruder knocks on your door. And the devil says, you open the door. It's the door of sin. Are you about to receive it? You just remember, I am fully conscious. I am fully conscious. My eyes are open to see. My mouth can speak His words. I can move and insist on His victory. I can say, you know, I am not deserving of this. Christ has paid for it in full. Anybody grateful for the blood? Anybody grateful for the blood this morning? That my account is full. I don't have filled the rags. I don't know about you. I don't have filled the rags. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. I don't feel the rags. Jesus, the blood of Jesus paid for this. It says, I credited Abraham and I had you in mind. Perfect righteousness. No more sin consciousness here. I can go into my week tomorrow. I am not conscious of sin. I can skip a day and get up the next day and say, Father, thank you because you still love me. Thank you for your grace that I won't fall. It says that the righteous can fall seven times. It means that they've unlocked the secrets to getting up, not to staying down. That I can know that he's pleased with me. I can get up again. The enemy wants us wallowing in the, in the mud of sin and, this, and say, you failed God. God is ashamed of you. Stay there, rot right there. And now you are receiving light that God is not ashamed of me. He loves me. He loves me and I want to pray with someone under the sound of my voice if you've not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior there's nothing you can do that will please God absolutely nothing absolutely nothing if you can say with me this morning Lord Jesus I believe you are the Son of God I believe that what you did for me is enough I believe you died I believe you were buried I believe you rose again from the dead if you can believe that in your heart, if you can say it with your own mouth, then you can receive righteousness. You can become a particle of this eternal life. He says, for God, loved the world that he gave his son, his only begotten son. He says, whosoever will believe, that's the key. Do you believe it is enough? Do you believe that sacrifice is perfect? Or you think you can improve on it? Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God, and oh, it chases me down, it fights till I'm found, leaves the night tonight. I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't deserve it. but still, oh. Never ending, reckless. Sing it like you mean it. And all the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love. didn't deserve it, but still you gave it. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, no Jesus that grants me access Jesus says do this in remembrance he says a time will come when you will forget do this in remembrance for me that the father is pleased the father is pleased the father is pleased the father is pleased, father is pleased. thank you father for as many well have received the life of Christ in the course of this service I pray for you that you'll be established in the faith, that the truth you have believed today, you will not exchange it for a lie in the mighty name of Jesus, that you will grow in grace, you will grow in the love of Jesus, that every residue of sin consciousness dries up and that you become fully conscious of your righteousness in Christ Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Can we say together again? I am the righteousness of God in christ jesus come on even if you just said that prayer with us today say it boldly i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus let it sink in the only person whose opinion count says he's pleased with me i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus for someone your deliverance has come an action from your past that has tormented you for so long You've just finally accepted that God is pleased with you. Come on, say it again. Let that devil hear you. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am not condemned. I feel no shame. I am not unworthy. I can come boldly to the presence of my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at infoinfo I-N-F-O, at or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca. God is doing amazing things in our midst, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.